From St. Pete to Brandon, this is AM Tampa Bay with Jack Harris, where Tampa Bay begins their morning. And a good Tuesday morning to you with your information journaloids, Jack Harris and Katie Bacino and James Berlander. And of course, you're welcome to get on board here at 800 969 9352 because we would like to hear from you. Uh, give us a call. And um, a lot of things going on here this morning. We're trying to continue to recover from Ian all up and down the state. And in the wake of Ian, uh, unfortunately, we don't have quiet conditions in the tropics. Um, As of yesterday morning, there are two areas of interest across the Atlantic Basin with the potential to become a tropical depression over the next week. A tropical wave, and they call this one Invest 91L, is producing showers and thunderstorms, and this is several hundred miles east of the Windward Islands, and this one has changed very little in organization, but further development is possible in coming days, according to the National Hurricane Center, and it's expected to track generally to the west at about 15 to 20 miles an hour, and it would reach the Windward Islands in the Eastern Caribbean Sea by midweek. And during that time, a tropical depression could form, but at this point, there is only a medium or a 40% chance of this actually occurring although they are telling people in the Windward Islands to monitor the progress of this thing and keep an eye on it. And another tropical wave in the eastern Atlantic, recently designated Invest 92L, was located several hundred miles south of the Cabo Verde Islands, and this area of disorganized showers and thunderstorms is associated with an elongated area of low pressure that continues to show the potential for development. Yeah, I think Noah's saying that within the next uh, five days, the, it's 80% chance that it's going to for, form into something. Yeah, the good news is it is no threat to Florida. And in all probability, will turn north right. and head up in the Atlantic Ocean. Yeah, just stay over the water. Yeah, and again, not a threat to Florida, and that's the good news if they do develop uh the next names on the list for the uh, atlantic are julia would be next j and carl would be after that ian then julia then carl so there's a good chance of that but again the good news is it will not be any threat whatsoever to florida And they're now saying over 80 deaths related to the impacts of Hurricane Ian in Florida. That has been confirmed, 80 deaths. And, um, of course, the majority of them, vast majority, is in uh, Charlotte County and down in Lee County and in southern Florida, although we've had a few in Hillsborough and a few in the Tampa Bay area as well. But 
it's going to take a while. South Florida is going to take a long time to recover from this, particularly Fort Myers in a big way. It's 10 minutes after 5 on AM Tampa Bay, and let's check on traffic now with John Thomas. Quick takes. Ripping through the biggest news stories of the day in record time, providing you all you need to know. This is AM Tampa Bay with Jack Harris. And Chris Trinkman here from the newsroom, and at 514, what's going on this morning, Chris? Well, good morning, Jack. So about 100 deaths so far from Hurricane Ian estimated so far 96 in florida four in south carolina there was even one here in hillsboro and in the bay area most of the deaths took place in sarasota county which uh, suffered the most damage in our area in fact all the schools remain closed down there and they're going to have a meeting today to discuss what to do about uh, getting the schools open as soon as possible because they suffered so much damage they want to give the superintendent some emergency powers to take quick action because, uh, you know, they've had extensive issues with getting those facilities back up and running. Uh, the other school districts here in the Bay Area are all open as of today. Yeah, they're, they, uh, most of them are opening up today. That's right. As a matter of fact. And uh, that's a good thing. We're getting back to normal, I guess. And I guess they don't have to make those days up by going a little longer in the early summer or anything like that. Not sure how the district determines those things. Uh, I guess they decide that if uh, these were, you know, crucial days that they need to, to make up, then they would use those. I guess they have a certain set aside that can go extra into the later in the year, uh, yeah. going into next year. But we'll see if uh, if they do that. That would be a question for the school board. I don't have all the details on that. Oh yeah, yeah. But a, but a plan, uh, you know, in South Florida, uh, where the Southwest Florida, where the most damage took place, they're trying to figure out how to get the road fixed to Sanibel Island. And so the governor uh, made some announcements yesterday saying that they're going to put up a temporary bridge in Cape Coral to Pine Island. That was another uh, one of the barrier islands they couldn't get to. And they're trying to work on a temporary bridge to Sanibel as well. What they've been doing is they've had these uh, emergency ferries that have been taking people to and from the island, uh, mostly to get people off the island. There were a number of people who stayed behind during the storm, and uh, naturally they want out now. And oh, yeah. So they've, been, uh, they've been voluntarily evacuated there. Yeah, I can't imagine why they stayed on Sanibel and Captiva. I mean, Joy and I have been down there and stayed at um, one of the hotels, well, a couple of them that they have down there. And, I mean, if I heard a hurricane was coming up that way, I'd be out of there in a minute. Yeah. That's just crazy that people stayed on that island. I mean, that's the worst possible place you can be aside from on the beach. They've had a number of storms pass over those islands in the past, but the difference this time was the storm surge was much higher. Yeah. And so the devastation as a result is uh, more severe. And I think if you talk to people on Sanibel, who uh, have been through storms before, they'll tell you this one was the worst by far. And, uh, you know, a number of those hotels, I don't know if the one you stayed in is still there, Jack, because a lot of those cottages that were located near the beach were just wiped out. Oh, yeah. Some of the larger buildings are still around, but they're heavily damaged. And, uh, you know, it's just not going to be the same kind of place when you go back there because so many oh, of the, no. old, the old Florida charm that was there is going to... Trees gonna... will be down and everything, yeah. and I mean... A lot of the beach will be gone. 
That's right. So it's going to be a tough recovery there. Uh, one of the other questions, of course, is that's Lee County. That's one of the places that only gave people 24 hours in a mandatory evacuation order. Still a lot of questions about that. Uh, the state officials, including the governor, have said that uh, it's not the county's fault, that uh, there was plenty of information and that you know they went by what they thought was the, uh, the best data. The, the, the problem with that excuse, though, is that the other counties gave people more time. Yeah. So why did they do it? earlier and lee county did not especially where they are located yes that's right i mean i think after this storm the the lesson is that if you're in the cone of uncertainty that means you're in the cone i mean you're you're in the range of getting hit and possibly the direct hit of of the storm even though it may not look like that initially and as we saw from hurricane michael which was another storm that surprised a lot of people with its intensity when it hit the panhandle oh yeah this storm was just not expected to be uh, as devastating as it has been. And so, uh, you know, lessons are always easy to talk about in hindsight, but at the same time, you got to look to the future and try and prevent another disaster. I mean, they're still searching for people down there. They haven't been able to get to all the locations where people uh, may be located, and they haven't accounted for everybody yet. So the- Yeah, they're over, well over 30 already. Yeah, the, so the likelihood of more people uh, being found is uh, is going to continue, and you know it's just an unfortunate situation. We just have to keep thinking our lucky stars. We didn't get that up here. Oh yeah, that it turned inland. Although we got plenty of uh, plenty of rain and everything here, but certainly nothing like what they got down south. That's right. So a popular family attraction here in Hillsboro is temporarily closed because of the hurricane. The Ruskin Drive-In Theater. Huh. sustained about $10,000 worth of damage. Oh, it was Lord. mostly due to the fallen trees. They had some damage signs, but they have these uh, panels that make up the movie screen over there. And several of the panels were taken out. So the owner, John Freewald, said they are getting it back together. They hope to have it finished by Friday so they can get the Friday features back up and running at the drive-in. Have you ever been to a drive-in theater? Well, I've been to the one in Lakeland. Several okay. times. Yeah. yeah, that's the Silver Moon drive-in. That and, used to be uh, a big thing back in southern West Virginia, where I'm from, Monitor Drive-In. We went there probably at least once every two weeks. Yeah. Well, you know, it's still a great value because you go in there and it's much cheaper than going to a regular theater. And even the popcorn and the other stuff is, is cheaper as well. So if you're willing to you know, park your car and do the thing where you tune in the radio to get the audio of the movie. Oh, we used to get the thing you, the sound system you pulled up next to and took it off the yeah. rack and put it on the side of your car there. Yeah, they don't have that anymore. Yeah, they use a like a low FM uh, signal that's not uh, used by a regular radio station. So yeah. you tune in on your car. Now I think you can get a speaker if you want. If you want to pay extra, they'll they'll give you one. If you can't get it on your car. But, uh, yeah, that's the way they do it now. And, and if, if you like, you can even sit out in front of your car, you know, as long as you're not blocking other people. So yeah, I found it to be uh, pretty cool. It and, used to be a great place to take a date. Yeah, that's exactly right. There just aren't that many of them. You know? Yeah, not I mean, anymore. <laughs> you got the one in Lakeland. There's this one in Ruskin. And I believe there may be one in Zephyr Hills. So, you know, if, if you look at, like, how many are around the country, we, we've got, like, quite a few. In comparison to some places, they don't have any. Yeah, ours is closed up in southern West Virginia a long time. 
Uh, yeah, a long time ago. That's right. So for more than a century, the Pinellas Sheriff's Office had no deputies lost on the job. And then they had their second killed in less than two years. And Pinellas Sheriff Bob Gualtieri joined the uh, family of Michael Hartwick in a service yesterday uh, recognizing the 19-year veteran. He was killed in a crash at a construction project on I-75. A uh, driver who was unlicensed was in a forklift and uh, hit him while he was uh, uh, at the at that site. Yeah, so. working with the traffic. And, uh, I mean, this is unbelievable, this forklift driver. And um, he is an illegal yeah. alien. You wonder, what is he doing here? He shouldn't be in this country, much less running over somebody with a forklift, and they're investigating who hired him. Yeah. And uh, somebody needs to pay for that because that is so tragic that that deputy got killed, and it's by an illegal alien. It's just ridiculous. Yeah, and if, if I remember correctly, when the incident happened, he took off. And, uh, you know, handed another guy his gear in an attempt to try and escape. Yeah. But uh, they were able to catch up to him and arrest him. Yeah, there were two of them, two illegals there working together. And one guy was helping the other guy. But, you know, it shows also, Jack, the danger of being on these roadside work sites or when deputies do the traffic stops. Because we've seen, you know, unfortunate accidents with relation to those kinds of jobs that they do and it's uh you know credit that they're willing to uh you know make that sacrifice because you know nobody wants to get out of their car and and deal with uh the unknown there on the busy highways and you don't know who you're dealing with when you come up to those cars and you just don't know how people are driving on the interstate whether they're paying attention or looking at their phone oh or i know whatever they're doing so many people on their phones today when they drive that's right and it's led to a number of unfortunate accidents Sadly, involving the law enforcement officers at the scene. Yeah, for sure. Well, Chris will have more coming up here in about seven minutes at the bottom of the hour. Thank you, Chris. Thanks, Jack. It's 523. Time to check in now with John Thomas and traffic. Will the GOP become the majority once again in the Senate? Can the Democrats hang on to their seats? Wall-to-wall midterm coverage happens here. Now, back to AM Tampa Bay with Jack Harris on News Radio WFLA. It is 528 on AM Tampa Bay. And if you want to get on board here, call us at 800-969-9352. And you can, of course... Text us at 82945 and just start with the call letters WFLA. And James, once again, to explain how you can do it on your iHeart app on your phone. Yeah, if you got the iHeart Radio app, it's free on your phone. You could actually listen to it. It's crystal clear, by the way, Jack. Uh, you could also send us a 30 second message. So think of it kind of like a voicemail. So when you're streaming News Radio WFLA, you're going to see a microphone on your screen. You tap the microphone, and then you'll be presented with a little recording button. And then when you're done recording, hit send. Just that easy. And we get the 30-second recording right here and can play it on the air. So get her done. It's 528 on AM Tampa Bay. Keeping you up on what's trending, here's the AM Tampa Bay trendsetter, Katie Bacino. And at 536, 
What do we have trending this morning, Katie? Well, some good national days today. Woo-hoo. Ooh, I like it. It's National Cinnamon Bun Day. I love a good cinnamon oh, bun. Love cinnamon buns. Oh, always makes the house smell so good when you're making them. There's a few smells that can get me out of bed in the morning: cinnamon <laughs> rolls and bacon, or farts. Well, I guess that'll do it too. I'll take the bacon on the side. Mm, crispy, of course. Oh, yes. Very, very crispy. It's also World Animal Day, National Vodka Day. I'm not much of a vodka drinker, but if you are, you're probably going to drink it anyways, whether there's a national day for it or not. (laughs) Give me a whiskey. Also, National Golf Lovers Day, and I was just looking at a list of the best places to golf in America, and Orlando was on the top 10, but Tampa ranked at number 46. Wow. What? 46? 46, which is crazy to me as well. I don't obviously don't golf a lot, but I do know this is a big golf city. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's idiotic. Our Aaron Jacobson loves golfing. He does oh, that every he's weekend. he's really into that. Yeah. 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 Also, today is National Taco Day, which is very appropriate because it's Tuesday. Taco Tuesday. Yeah. Taco Tuesday. Taco Tuesday. National Taco Tuesday. There's Jack, a- are you finally going to break down and have a taco with us? Uh, Come on. Uh, it's ground beef in a shell and maybe lettuce. I will. Oh, well, I will. And hot sauce. Oh, no. Okay. No, no. Take the hot sauce <laughs> okay. out. Yeah, two percent milk's too hot for me. <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> we'll take we'll take the hot sauce out, but I do think we got to get you a taco. I thought about yesterday trying to find a way to get some tacos to bring in, but I just figured there was going to be no way for them to be fresh and yeah. good. So we'll figure it out. I did without. So McDonald's has a very popular thing. I saw lines outside every McDonald's I drove by yesterday, and I drive oh, yeah. by quite a few of them. They have launched adult Happy Meals. Comes with a toy, and then you get to pick between, I think it's a Big Mac or 10-piece nugget, if I'm not mistaken. I know the 10-piece nugget one is real, but you get a toy, a large drink, french fries. Adults get a toy? Yes, adults get a toy. It's a Happy Meal for adults. Don't be thinking dirty, Jack. What kind of toy do they get? <laughs> they're just little plastic toys. That I think are, they're yeah, they're more nostalgic. Yeah, they're they're more like the nostalgic Happy Meal toys, but they're just toys that the kids aren't also getting. <laughs> they just have different faces on them and stuff. Um, I don't think anybody's like overly excited about it, but some days those adult Happy Meal toys will be worth a lot of money. So if I go get one, I'm keeping them wrapped yeah. in the plastic. We love McDonald's. Oh, I yeah. do love McDonald's. I think this is so cool. I had seen this on TikTok a couple weeks ago that they were going to launch these adult Happy Meals, and I kind of was like, that's ridiculous. That's not actually going to happen. And then my best friend in North Carolina sent me a picture yesterday, and she had went and got them, and she was so excited. The boxes are really cool. It's just kind of nostalgic because at some point you get to the age where you don't really order Happy Meals anymore. At least most of us don't. Yeah. Uh, so I'm always excited. Like when my boyfriend is getting a Happy Meal or something for his daughter, I just... It's nostalgic for me to see those Happy Meals. And you just I always, want to rip it away from her. I do. I get a little sad sometimes. I'm like, I want a Happy Meal, so now I can have one. Well, McDonald's is historic. They were the first. They sure were. Nobody can top a McDonald's Happy Meal. You can get a kid's meal about anywhere, but it's no Happy Meal. Exactly. Yeah, I just wish they served beer. That would be nice. Pretty yeah, you thin. should get you a McBeer with those adult Happy Meals. <laughs> yeah. they got to come out with that. <laughs> well... That's what's trending here with Katie, and it's 5.40, and time for John Thomas to bring us some traffic info. Live on the free iHeartRadio app, this is AM Tampa Bay with Jack Harris on News Radio WFLA. It's 5.43 on AM Tampa Bay. They had a major, major tragedy in indonesia 
um, the other day as 125 fans were killed at a soccer match. Oh, wow. And this is after police had fired tear gas, causing chaotic scenes, and fans were trampled and suffocated and everything else, and it became one of the deadliest sports events in history. It's really scary. I guess everyone had tried to run to the exit or the entrance, whichever way you want to look at it, when they threw the tear gas, and it just didn't go well. This is insane. Oh, it is. And uh, the death toll earlier had been confirmed to be about 174, but authorities reduced the number, saying some of the victims were counted twice, but now they're settling with 125 dead. Imagine going to a soccer game, any kind of sports event, and all of a sudden chaos breaks out and people come rushing for the gates and everything. Still, you would think, they could do that without trampling each other. But uh, the place was packed, and, of course, attention focused on the police use of tear gas, and uh, witnesses said that police had beaten them with sticks and shields before shooting the canisters directly into the crowds. And the president of FIFA called the deaths a dark day for all involved in football and a tragedy beyond comprehension but the um well people in charge there have ordered an investigation into security procedures while uh, and fifa doesn't have control over domestic games but it is advised against the use of tear gas in the past at soccer stadiums. Well, it just sucks for any type of sport because people are going to start, you know, just staying home. They're not going to want to go out to the games. Oh, I know. I mean, well, you can imagine people aren't going to be going to the Indonesian matches anymore. I mean, it's it's sad enough when you go to a football game and you see all the armed guards, you know, surrounding the stadium. Yeah. Of course, that's good to know sometimes. It is, but at the same time, it, using it, tear gas. it never used to be like that. Oh, I know. It's sad, you know, what this world has become. Yep, that's for sure. By the way, we've talked about this, that um, the funeral for Deputy Michael Hartwick, and it was held at 11 a.m. Uh, yesterday at Idlewild Baptist Church in Lutz. And, of course, it was open to the public. But following the service, they had a ceremony outside the church and that included a 21-gun salute, a riderless horse, a last call, and then they had a flyover. And law enforcement officers had led a procession to the church at 7.30 on Monday morning. But um, Hartwick had begun his career with the sheriff's office as the detention deputy in the jail, in Ellis County Jail, before becoming a patrol officer and uh he was very much respected by his fellow deputies and uh he was just a great police officer and of course we know now about him being hit by these workers with his front loader with a forklifts that were used to move concrete barriers and then of course they've arrested the two men in connection with his death just an awful story. Yeah. Uh, one of the guys who was driving the thing and the other who helped him get away 
after he hit the deputy, and this guy had been with the department for 19 years, and he survived by his mother and two adult sons. He was 51 years old. But these two guys were both illegal aliens in this country illegally. Whoever hired them or allowed them to get into this thing ought to be in jail. Yeah, I thought background checks and, and, and verifying everything, you know, citizenship was was mandatory nowadays. Oh, no, this country is going crazy. And, yeah. I mean, with what's happening at the border now, this is the biggest crisis we've ever had. I still say we need to send two or three divisions of our military there because that's the job of the military. Protect America. Protect Americans. And you got fentanyl pouring across the border down there and people dying in huge numbers from fentanyl overdoses. It's the number one killer in America now, Jack. Yep. And it's just pouring across the border and nothing's being done to stop it. I mean, they're trying to stop it in Texas and they're trying to do what they can down there, but our federal government is doing nothing. In fact, I mean, you've been hearing about this, I'm sure, but the federal government spokespeople for the government now saying the border is secure the border is secure they don't even visit the border that's a village idiot to say the village that the the border is secure because it's wide open i mean you've got some patrolling going on and some people being caught but the getaways are unbelievable and again drugs and human trafficking and all kinds of things happening as a result of that open border and i'll guarantee you they could shut it down with about two or three military units and nobody's even suggesting that we use our military to protect the american people this is why we just have to get out there and vote because here's the thing biden according to uh, nbc news biden told l sharpton that he will run again for president in 2024 yeah and he's got about as much chance as i do and same thing with Kamala. The Democrats yeah. are going to have to find somebody else to run. It's 5.50 on AM Tampa Bay, and John Thomas has got traffic. How will the ongoing inflation issues affect the midterms? All the latest happenings happen here. Now, back to AM Tampa Bay with Jack Harris on News Radio WFLA. It's 5.54 on AM Tampa Bay. Haven't had any calls yet. 800-969-9352 if you want to call us. And you can use your uh, device on your phone, your iHeart app, and get in touch with us that way. But we'd like to hear from you. And in the meantime, uh, what was I going to mention here? The Oh, we're talking about, uh, of course, Hurricane Ian. Still, we're going to be talking about that for a while, but the typical June-November hurricane season, and it's going to go down as one of the strongest storms in U.S. history. Um, and it, well, they say tested the upper limits of its catastrophic Category 4 status because we had winds up to 150 miles an hour. But they say Ian tied with 2004's Charlie. Remember that one? And we were spared in the Tampa Bay area again as that one turned inland as it was heading up here uh, and suddenly turned inland. We got a lot of rain and everything, but that was pretty much it. But, um, well, we'll talk about more of them later. 
but we got Don in Odessa. And, Don, what's your thought on all this? Hey, good morning, Jack. Good morning. Hey, Jack, I haven't heard anything, and I was wondering, I wonder how all the electric cars fared in this flood. You know, uh, that that's a good question with a power out, with the enormous power outages. Good point, Don. Those people couldn't power up their cars at all. I mean, it was difficult enough getting gas with so many gas stations closed for a couple of days, but then they opened up, and yet there were still power outages, and if you have an electric car, you couldn't charge it. Yeah, you would have to use a generator using gas to charge it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and if anything, I think uh, in the next uh, month or so, there's, it's always delayed, but we're going to see a couple articles come out about how the electric cars stood up against the flooding and all that. Because, I mean, I know certain cars like Tesla, for example, uh, you know, some of them can actually drive through minimal amounts of water uh, to where it's going over the hood because there's no actual engine inside that that would be affected that way. Yeah, that's true. But, again, when you have storms, you have enormous power outages, and that keeps you from charging your vehicles. Right. And that makes them inoperable. I'll I, stick with my hybrid. Yeah, I saw a bit from G. David Howard, the comedian, on the same thing about people hopping in their Teslas and trying to get away from the storm, except the cars wouldn't start because they didn't have any electricity. Crazy. But uh, nevertheless, yeah, I think I'll stay with my gas powered as well, and I'm sure Katie will. But nevertheless. <laughs> hey, by the way, I, I do want to mention real quickly here, your boyfriend is a lineman, isn't he? He sure is. And he had to work during this thing many hours a day trying to reinstall electricity. He did. He didn't go down to Fort Myers or the areas like that. He stayed local and restored power in like St. Pete and all the affected areas here locally. But he was working like 15, 16 hour days. Oh, wow. That's incredible. And I saw a meme that was talking about uh, NFL linemen aren't heroes. These are the real heroes. And they show these linemen up on these poles trying to bring back electricity it's very true they have long days they leave their family a lot of people don't realize what they do i was talking to clay the other day and he was saying you know obviously they get paid well to work these storms but he was saying i would rather take a normal paycheck and get to come home every day and i'm sure a lot of them feel like that and it's pretty dangerous as well it's 558 on am tampa bay bloomberg radio from Odessa to Clearwater, this is AM Tampa Bay with Jack Harris, where Tampa Bay begins their morning. And a good morning. It is Tuesday, one of our top ten favorite days of the week, and we've got loads of information for your osmosis. Uh, and if you want to join us, you can call us at 800-969-9352, or you can text us at 82945 or go to our app, and if you have our app on your phone, and you can get in touch with us there. we got a lot of birthdays here this morning. Uh, Cheryl Jones, Julie Rays, John Ellis, Mar Salavarieta, Alan Salmon, Rhonda Davis, Kathleen Long, Connie Aquendo, 
Chuck Diaz Henson, and Chris Field. And how about you all? I have Adelie Weeks, Ryan Garand, Nicholas Snide, Ray Aguirre, Lucas Phelan, and April Ferris. And I've got nobody today. Nobody. <laughs> you guys have so many friends. This is a big birthday day, <laughs> for sure. But uh, nevertheless, happy birthday to all of them. Yep, yep. Hey, by the way, uh, Katie, you've got the uh, list of places where people can make contributions and help in uh, recovery from the hurricane. I do. And I, of course, have the big national ways because I want to make sure people are using verified organizations and things because there's a lot of donation scams going around but we do have local places such as metro men who are stepping up to really help the hurricane ian victims so you can always donate there as well if you want to donate to a local organization but the american red cross of course accepting donations in many different forms you can do monetary donations or if you see one of those big red buses and it's time for you to donate blood go donate blood because they are in desperate need feeding florida Feeding Florida is set up all across Southwest Florida, even here locally. They're a national food bank that's connected with Feeding America. You can go to feedingflorida.org to donate there. And Florida Disaster Fund, this is the one that Ron DeSantis and Casey DeSantis put out, volunteerflorida.org. They've had great reaction to that. They have raised a lot of money on Florida Disaster Fund, which is amazing. And you can volunteer on that same website, volunteerflorida.org. There's in-person opportunities. There's virtual opportunities. So if you want to donate some time, you can do that at volunteerflorida.org as well. I haven't given blood in a long time. I used to do it about every six months. It's time. And I haven't done it in a long time. I'm going to have to check out the big red bus or find a blood bank so yeah. You actually got to do it though, because a lot of people say that and then they don't do it. So you got to do it. You got to follow through and go. Let them stick a needle in your arm. That's true. <laughs> and I, I also learned from uh, from one blood. Every time you donate blood, that's half of what is needed to save someone's life. So every time you go two times, you're actually saving a person's life. Yep, and that's good to remember. It's ten after six on AM Tampa Bay, and John Thomas has got our news from the asphalt jungle. All the information you need as the countdown continues to the midterm elections. Now, back to AM Tampa Bay with Jack Harris on News Radio WFLA. We are going to get around to talking about the elections here in the not too distant future because you've got a lot of predictions out there and a lot of polling that's going on and some interesting results, but we'll get around to that. Uh, right now, we're going to go to the phones here because Charles in Tampa is on the line. And what's up, Charles? Uh, good morning. Thank you for taking my call. Uh, we do a lot of the life-saving medication deliveries uh, throughout the state from area pharmacies. And I had deliveries yesterday and uh, Sunday down in Naples and Fort Myers, Port Charlotte area. And... The description that people give over the radio is is informative, but until you see the actual damage in person is the only way that you can really realize how catastrophic uh, this has hit this area. I mean, these people have just completely emptied out the inside of their homes right to the foundation studs. The water... T- 
stains on all the homes along the beach, the Naples Pier, were at least 12 to 15 feet high on the houses. You could see where the water had just resided there for a while before it receded. Cars were completely covered in this uh, soot from the Gulf. It was it's just horrible. Yeah, I can imagine. Uh, well, having seen a lot of pictures that were taken by uh, TV stations and and that kind of thing, but uh, it's just incredible. And to see that in person must be mighty depressing. Yeah. I, I do think what he's saying is true: is that you don't until you get a firsthand account. It's really hard to understand. But I've heard a lot of people, and I thought this was really weird. Some people just wanting to go down and assess the damage. Yeah. If you don't have a reason to go down there, if you're not going down to help, I would say stay out of the area. You're yeah, don't get in the way. Yeah, you're probably yeah. not helping just to go down there and assess the damage. You, the news is doing plenty of that. So right. I would say if you're if you have a reason to go down there, if you're going to help, definitely go down. And I'm sure it is heart wrenching to see that. Yeah, just imagine damage. if they hit us, would you want Want us to be treated like a tourist attraction? No, oh, I know, and and that's you're right about that. It has become a bit of a tourist attraction. People right. say, "Wow, I got to see this," but I've it, heard that as from you a, say, you shouldn't go down there. I've heard that from a few people, and I just think that's bizarre. I I guess I kind of get it because you want to see it for yourself and fully understand, but it's just it's odd to go down there and just kind of see it there's people suffering down there and it's just it's sad yeah people like our caller they're going down there to help that's amazing if you that's if there's good any way you can help yeah. by all means get in your car and go for it by the way katie i had a text uh someone was asking if you have the number for the fema uh text line i don't available. have the fema text line but i do have or the not number. text line but normal call in line it's 800-621-3362 our phone numbers must be like similar to that or something because i've had a few people call okay hey by the way i want to get this in here money magazines top 10 places to live in america and i like tampa yeah but this list i don't know how they came up with these things but Atlanta, Georgia is number one. I've heard that's really busy and crowded and expensive. It I, is. I've, we've stayed there, you know, many times, but I've done ball games there and had to be there for weekends. But uh, Atlanta is not number one in the country by a long shot. The list I was looking at, it's the same list, but they were saying that I guess housing in Atlanta is actually quite affordable. Huh. Yeah, I guess... They, that was a big deal. It was judged on things like cost of living, economic opportunity, and diversity, among other factors. But they've got Atlanta, number one, Tempe, Arizona. I love the town of Tempe to visit. Never been to Arizona at all, but I've heard it's beautiful. Oh, yeah, and Phoenix particularly, but I wouldn't want to live there. Kirkland, Washington, and I think that's out of, just south of Seattle. Right. Raleigh, North Carolina. I do love Raleigh. That's a great place. I've heard place great things about Raleigh, yeah. Yeah, great place to visit. Rogers Park, Illinois. I think that's a suburb of Chicago. Columbia, Maryland. That's close to D.C. And a lot of D.C. people live there. Somerville, Massachusetts. Not familiar with. Ann Arbor, Michigan. Uh, and Tampa comes in at number nine. Ooh, we made the list. It should be much higher than that. Oh, yeah. Well, not based not on tail. housing prices. And St. Petersburg, 
I mean, it's become a great place to live. It's not affordable, though. It's expensive to live here. Well, that's true. But it is a beautiful city, and I love living here. But housing oh, prices yeah. are, whew, ain't cheap. Yeah, they are growing more rapidly than most in the country. And then Jersey City, New Jersey. No desire to live there. Yeah, no. no, thank you. <laughs> Too many housewives there. But St. Pete should have made the list, and Sarasota and Lakeland is a great place to live, too. But what the heck, Money Magazine. It's 621, and here's John Thomas now with traffic. Jack, Katie, and James, every weekday morning. This is AM Tampa Bay with Jack Harris on News Radio WFLA. And at 625, we're joined now by Aaron Rayal, our NBC News radio reporter. And uh, Aaron, we've been talking a lot here this morning about how we're recovering here from Hurricane Ian. And of course, one of the problems is. This is turning into a place where scammers are taking advantage now. Yes, this is a sad one. So insurance experts are really warning Floridians about insurance scams that are likely to emerge in the wake of this hurricane. And they're specifically targeting those whose properties were damaged by Hurricane Ian. So they say to be especially on the lookout for construction workers who may ask homeowners to sign over insurance benefits, and they do this for a quick fix. And obviously, if you have a home that's completely destroyed, you want a quick fix, so you're more likely to do something that you wouldn't in in a pinch. But, you know, the past few years, lawmakers have kind of begun to wise up, and they've passed new measures to really crack down on these unscrupulous out-of-state construction workers who have emerged following natural disasters. Florida, obviously, a a hotspot. You have a lot of seniors, and you also have a lot of natural disasters because of hurricane season, but they come, this happens all over the country. You see it in tornado country, you see it in in California after fires and mudslides. But long story short, here are some of the common scams. There's only two of them that are really common. And, And just so you know, real quickly, when construction firms, they basically persuade homeowners to assign assign assignment of benefits that's a parlance in insurance speak sign assignment of benefits and they do this in exchange for immediate repairs and that has allowed those firms to basically obtain the claim funds from the insurer which may be way above the actual cost of the work so that's one to be on the lookout for and the other one is companies seeking to adjust a claim which is the process of determining legal liability and ultimately the settlement payment but only a licensed public adjuster or a licensed attorney can do that. So if consumers think anything isn't above board, if they think something smells fishy, they can reach out to the Florida Department of Financial Services and they can verify the license of an adjuster or an attorney. That's the Florida Department of Financial Services. And seniors especially need to be careful with these scams. These are not good people. They target seniors and they target seniors in need. So, So be on the lookout if you're out there. Yeah, and another problem you have after a situation like this is looters, people trying to find things that are left by the people who've evacuated. And I think uh, Governor DeSantis said it best. I mean, we've got Second Amendment rights around here, and you loot, we shoot. Yes, yeah, Florida particularly, you know, that that's that's something that can happen. So, So looting is something to be on the lookout for as well. Yeah, to uh, 
it's it's going to be a while before we recover from this. I mean, places like Fort Myers, it's going to be years before they fully recover. But uh, we're trying to do the best we can to help them out, uh, as well as people locally who were hit by this thing. But uh, anyway, Aaron, we will talk to you again tomorrow. Thank you, Jack. Have a great day. Aaron Real, our NBC News radio reporter. It's 628 on AM Tampa Bay. Let's hear about the dopiest dope of all the dopes of the day on AM Tampa Bay with Jack Harris. And Katie Bacino, who is our dope of the day. Well, his name is Clayton Wheeland, and he was a janitor at Greenmont Elementary School in Vienna, West Virginia. He's in jail now. Well, knowing the jail system, he's probably out. But he <laughs> had a number of drugs on him at school. Not sure why he even brought these to school in the first place, but maybe could have left them in the car. Um, he had meth, marijuana, Adderall tablets, and drug paraphernalia with him. Again, Greenmont Elementary School. This is an elementary school, so it's not like he was like, I seriously hope he wasn't like selling it to students. Oh, not boy. that that's okay to do in high school. I'm not saying that at all, just to be clear. But elementary school, so he was doing all these for himself. Maybe he was sharing with other teachers. I don't know. But so far, he's facing charges of possession with intent to distribute. So maybe he was selling to the oh, students. Maybe he was selling to the other teachers. They need to look into all the other teachers at the school as Probably well. The teachers. They get tired of those kids. Or you know what? Maybe he had people come back to his janitor shed and he was like <laughs> selling them out of the school to random people. Who knows? But he's <laughs> currently being held on a $50,000 bond. So maybe oh, he still true. is in jail. Yes, I think he might be at $50,000 bond. Well, it depends how many drugs he was selling. Maybe he has a lot of money. <laughs> well, I got a dope of the day. I was going to use Vice President Harris in thinking that we are allies with North Korea. I guess not realizing we went to war with North Korea some time ago. Uh, but nevertheless, I'll put that dope of the day aside. And the other one's a New Jersey man caught wee-weeing on his ex-wife's grave every day. Um, he, he was desecrating the grave of his ex-wife who was buried at this church cemetery. It's a centuries-old burial ground on the border between Jersey and New York. But the guy's son said he began to notice deli bags full of feces were repeatedly being placed near his mother's grave, so he got in touch with police, and he was granted permission to place cameras on the cemetery grounds and to catch footage, and it turned out to be this woman's ex-husband. She must have been a horrible wife. Jeez. Well, this guy's a turned out to be a pretty horrible husband every morning between 614 and 618. Uh, he had a current wife now. He would go out and urinate on her grave, and they've caught him, and they're going to put him away for a while. Yeah. The investigation is ongoing, but, uh, I mean, this is, that's crazy. But we'll make that the dope of the day as well. 640 and traffic now with John Thomas. Now, taking a look back at this day in history on AM Tampa Bay with Jack Harris. And this day in history is presented by the Duncan Duo. In 1582, the Gregorian calendar is introduced by Pope Gregory the 13th 
that's the one we use today, 1597, Governor Gonzalo Mendez de Canso began to suppress a native uprising against his rule in what is now the state of Georgia, just north of us. In 1777, the American Revolutionary War, troops under George Washington are repelled by British troops under William Howe. 1824, Mexico adopts a new constitution and becomes a federal republic. 1876, the Agriculture and Mechanical College of Texas opens as the first public college there. That would be Texas A&M. 1895, Horace Rollins wins the first U.S. Open Men's Golf Championship. 1918, World War I, an explosion kills more than a 100 people and destroys a shell loading plant in New Jersey, an ammunition place. 1927, Gutsan Borglum, begins sculpting Mount Rushmore. 1941, Norman Rockwell's Willie Gillis character debuts on the cover of the Saturday Evening Post. 1957, Sputnik 1 becomes the first artificial satellite to orbit the Earth. 1960, an airliner crashes on takeoff from Boston's Logan International Airport killing 62 people. 1963, Hurricane Flora kills 6,000 people in Cuba and Haiti. 1965, Pope Paul VI begins the first papal visit to the Americas. 1983, Richard Noble sets a new land speed record of 633 and a half miles an hour at the Black Rock Desert in Nevada. And that's a record that still holds. 1993, the Battle of Mogadishu occurs, killing 18 U.S. Special Forces and two U.N. peacekeepers and at least 600 Somalian militia men and civilians at Mogadishu. 1997, the second largest cash robbery in U.S. history, occurs in North Carolina. 2006, WikiLeaks is launched. In 2021, Bubba Wallace becomes the first African-American driver in the modern era of NASCAR to win a major race. Locally, 1887, a Tampa liquor vote was held, and the result was the wets, 1,065, and the dries, only 1,036. So they were, from then on, able to sell liquor in Tampa. 1924, Davis Island's property goes on sale, and 300 lots sell out in three hours. And that is This Day in History, presented by the Duncan Duo. Get your career booming by being a part of the number one real estate in Florida, the number one real estate team. Visit now, jointheduo.com.
That's jointheduo.com. By the way, we got gas prices now, and they are coming down. Woohoo! Current average is three nineteen and a half per gallon. Much cheaper here on Gandhi. I think it's as low as three thirteen. Uh, but it's three cents below the day before. Sixteen cents down from a week ago. It's thirty-three cents down from a month ago. But it's 19 cents more than it was a year ago. Yikes. And it's down $1.71 from the highest price ever, and that was back on June 13th of this year. So it's down $1.71 from then and still falling slowly but surely. Um, And reading about California, where gas prices are over $6 a gallon. So we're mighty lucky to be living here. It's 6.50 on AM Tampa Bay, and time to check in with John Thomas in traffic. On air and online at WFLANews.com. This is AM Tampa Bay with Jack Harris on News Radio WFLA. It's 5.53 on AM Tampa Bay, and uh, Katie, you made a good point when we were off the air just a moment ago. I completely forgot about this. Yes, back in May, when gas was super, super high, Governor DeSantis said, hey, in October, I'll give you guys some relief. I'll I'll give you a gas tax holiday, but not until October. And at the time when that was announced, all of us here were like, that's ridiculous. We want the tax cut now. But now October right. is here. So throughout the whole month, you're going to get 25 cents off per gallon. It's like 25.3 cents. But that's why gas is cheaper right now is because October is the gas tax holiday. We all forgot about it because he said right. this back in May. Yeah, he didn't want to give it to the snowbirds that were down here yeah well that's a good point so that is why gas is a little cheaper right now because months later we finally got our gas tax holiday but it means then that gas prices will go up in november um i don't know how that works honestly i don't ever remember having a gas tax holiday (laughs) hey by the way the uh rays finished in second place again last night they got a three-game losing streak going and they only have Two more games in the regular season tonight and tomorrow night up at Fenway Park. But uh, let's hope they can win a, one or two there in the playoffs. That begins on Friday, but they're in the bottom rung. So, hey, also tonight at sundown is the beginning of Yom Kippur. Um, and that'll be till tomorrow night at sundown. But nevertheless, it is a major Jewish celebration and uh, means fasting, too, for the Jewish people who celebrate it. Hey, you got to check out our blog here. First of all, uh, Katie's put up some of the pictures from the marinas and docks uh, down in South Florida. It's actually a video, and it is really sad. Now this posted this, and it just shows a lot of marinas and docks and boats that were just washed into people's driveway it's a really these videos are continuing to just get sadder and sadder yeah those pictures of boats and cars sunk in the water and things like that are just very very depressing and also the ways that you can help uh hurricane ian victims katie's put those up as well so you can check that out too 
and you've got to go down. You'll have to load more, but you have got to see five reasons why it's tough to be a guy. Hey, one of the things we're going to do maybe a little later on in this week, well, we've got to do it when Katie's here. We'll have to do it tomorrow. Why it's better to be a guy than it is to be a girl. I've got some answers for that. Well, I'm, we'll see. I would think so. It's pretty easy. It's just definitely better to be a guy than it is to be a girl. I don't know. She might have some compelling answers herself. <laughs> On uh, why it's better to be a girl? Yeah. I can think of a couple reasons. Well, save them for tomorrow. Okay. <laughs> we'll unload them here as we get into why it is better. And if you have any things you want to add, you can call them in tomorrow as well. And meanwhile, we'll talk to you tomorrow morning at 5 on AM Tampa Bay. Live it up.